Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bajorek. Thanks for being here. Um, and if you don't mind, if you like what I'm doing here with this show, uh, would you mind rating the show, leaving a review, maybe telling a friend about it. That's really, really helpful, more helpful than you might think for the three seconds it takes to hit the like button in your podcast player. Um, but it helps this show reach more people. And uh, I would appreciate that if you could do it. Um, today, I want to uh, play for you a conversation that I had recently with Andy Paul. And if you don't know Andy Paul, where have you been? Uh, he is one of the world's leading experts on sales and sales enablement. He is the host of the Sales Enablement Podcast and uh, recently released his third book. I believe it's his third book called Sell Without Selling Out. And um, that was kind of the premise of our conversation today because the book is relatively new. And uh, he introduces a couple of concepts in that book that I think are worth uh, paying attention to. And we talk about those concepts. The first one is really persuasion versus influence. Those are not the same thing. Um, and he also introduces his four pillars that he calls of selling in, which is the opposite of selling out. Get it? Uh, look, this was fun. We laughed. We made some really important points. We talked about some terrible sales training um, that Andy particularly has gotten in the past. And I think that sets the scene for really the ridiculous nature for where so many people in sales are coming from and the, the groundwork and the foundation of their education. Um, so give this a listen. I think you're going to like it, and I'll talk to you again in a few minutes. Andy, thanks for joining me here today. I'm excited to talk to you uh, particularly. I mean, we've had a great chat, I mean, leading up to the recording here, but <laughs> yeah. um, it, Sell Without Selling Out. This is your new book. That's my new book. Thank you. I I'm loving it. I've just dug in. I, I kind of scanned through it. I, I found a couple of things that uh, uh, that I initially disagreed with, but then as soon as I read what you were talking about, um, I was all in. And oh. that's either good marketing or uh, we're just on the same wavelength. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, a little of both, I think. <laughs> um, the 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 thing that really stuck with me that I initially I was like, wait a second, where's he going here? Um, persuasion versus influence. Hmm. Those are the same thing. Come on, let's not get into semantics here, right? I mean, is there really a difference? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they're often conflated and incorrectly so. And so you even look at books like Cialdini's, right? Uh, you know, Persuasion, the Psychology of Influence, or Influence, Psychology, Persuasion, I forget which, which order it is. Um, 
Yeah, I and mean, persuasion, just look at the, the definition of it. Persuasion is about basically prevailing upon somebody through sort of the use of force to come around to, to your point of view. Influence is about having an, an effect on the thoughts and actions of others without use of force. And yeah, we teach sellers fundamentally, and this is one of the main premises of the book, is we teach sellers that your job is to go out and persuade somebody to buy your product. And, and I think that's what contributes to sort of this whole range of salesy behaviors like all selling out in the book is that, oh my gosh, I have to go out and pers- convince somebody, persuade somebody to buy my product. And I think selling is really about listening to your buyers, understanding what's really important and what's the most important thing to them, and then helping them get that. And so I take through steps in the book to how you reach that point of, of understanding. But along the way, what happens is, is the buyer makes a decision that you are worth their time and attention. You know, so you're coming from a position of, I'm going to help you achieve what's most important to you. Then they open the door to your influence, right? They're saying, okay, I'm prepared to hear what you have to say about the trade-offs we might make or the choices we might make. Whereas if you come at me just to sort of this, this hammer of persuasion, buy, 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 as I cite in the book, uh, Jonah Berger wrote this book called Catalyst, The Catalyst, that says that human beings, have, we have a universal resistance to being persuaded. So thus, it makes all the sense in the world, somewhat sarcastically here to say, is, is that we train sellers that go out and try to persuade people because, of course, they resist it. Now, is it as simple and as, I mean, it, it feels like the crass way of saying this is make it their idea, right? Like you can get them to do whatever you want, just make it their idea. And I've never totally bought into that. No, either, no, I don't think just, that's, no, no. I think what it's, it's collaboration though. Selling is, is, is what I wrote back in my first book. It's not something you do to someone. It's something you, selling is something you do with the buyer, not to the buyer. And so I describe in the book is what I call these four pillars of selling in. It's the opposite of, of selling out is the ultimate goal is you're working with the buyer to create what I call a vision of success. What will success look like in terms of having solved certain challenges and achieved your desired outcomes? What will that look like for the buyer? Because, you know, people don't purchase, I believe people don't purchase products and services. They purchase the vision of what it would be like to use those products and services, what the outcomes are they achieve with it. And so you're going to work with the buyer to create that vision, co-create that vision of success. So, yeah, I think the idea of, yeah, make it their idea. Sure. I mean, if you can, through this process of co-creation, they feel a sense of ownership in the, in the solution. That's great. You want that. But again, that's a bigger concept. And that's what I love about where you're going with this. And, you know, we're this season on the show, we're talking about top performers and what they do differently. And I think top performers see a bigger picture. It's yes. not something so simple as, well, you know, um, just make it their idea because that's manipulative. And in, 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 at its core, that's manipulative. But when it's like, but the prospect, the future customer has to feel like, one, like they're being heard and understood and that it's headed in the direction that they would like to go. Um, but they, the more they have an active role in the process, uh, I mean, in a way that's skin in the game, but, but it's also – 
you're going to have a better outcome because of their involvement in the process. It, it truly becomes collaborative at that point. It's not as simple as, well, here are my talk tracks. Here are the things I'm going to say. Here are the questions I'm going to ask. Um, when I inevitably get one of these four objections, I'm going to tackle them this way, right? Like <laughs> I'm going to overcome them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yes. and, and it's even, and you know, Chris, Bo Chris Voss wrote a great book about negotiating, but I, from a sales standpoint, I never really loved that book because it just felt adversarial. Like, yeah. Uh, sorry. Agree. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and the tactics that are there are great, but why do we have to, why are we in a position where we have to lean on tactics to get where we want to go, right? Right. Well, I mean, words matter, right? Yeah. So if, if we're training people that your job is to overcome an objection, it's like you're setting it up as adversarial right from the get-go, right? As opposed to what is an objection? Well, it's really, it's a question. Objection's a question. Customer doesn't understand something. So find out what the question is, then you can answer it. That's much easier than saying, as I, I tell a story about my, first sales training class, and I talk about this in the, in the book as well, is, is we're watching these videos of this sort of slick hair guy, came across sort of like a, you know, old TV revival preacher and so on. And what they were teaching us is the way to handle objections is say, well, just suppose that wasn't an issue. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to buy a product, but I, I need to have it in black, right? No, I'm sorry, we don't make it in black. No, I really need a black. Well, just suppose we had it in black. Would you buy it? <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's like, let's just bulldoze right through that objection because <laughs> we don't give a shit what you think. It's buy my product. I'm going to persuade you. And it's, you know, we're not substantially better today in the way we train sellers. And so this is, you know, again, one of the premises of the book is we could take this collection of salesy behaviors that I call selling out. We could just stop today. There's no value to you as a seller, anybody as a seller. There's no value to any of this. And there's no value to the buyer of this, you know, unrelenting, pushy, persuasive behavior. We could just stop today. Never do it again. And we would be no worse off. In fact, we'd be better off. Yeah. Well, just. You know, pretend that you didn't sell that way, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just suppose you didn't sell that way. So, <laughs> just suppose I wasn't incredibly annoying to you. Wouldn't you buy for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's talk a, a little bit about these four pillars. You have connection, curiosity, understanding, and generosity, and those sound to me like creating an environment to buy. Um, versus just going through this persuasive set of tactics. How did you arrive at these? And, and maybe you want to explain them just a little bit for the audience right now. Don't give the whole book away. We want you to go buy the book. We want right? you to go buy the book. <laughs> well, a lot of it comes from my experience, right? Uh, not only me personally, but also working with many, many sellers over the years is that the problem with the, the selling out behaviors I talk about, those are learned behaviors, right? No one, no one pops out of the womb persuasive. Whereas the desire to connect with another human being that we're wired to want to do that. That's an innate human behavior. Curiosity is an innate human behavior. This is, we use our curiosity to navigate the world around us, right? Things we're unfamiliar with understanding, you know, part of that navigation, but also it's, it's our empathy for other people, understanding other people and how we can help them. We're wired to give, you know, this is just innate human behavior. So over the years, as I started, 
as I like to do is sort of reduce things to their most fundamental elements is, you know, I found that success that I had and success that other people are having on a consistent basis in sales was just based on these four human behaviors is I got to build a rapport that connect with you, build some credibility and trust. When I, when I have that established, then you are in a position where you're willing to answer questions for me that I would pose that you might normally not normally answer in as, as open and honest a way. Or, and uh, as I like say, you, you have to earn permission to stick your nose into the buyer's business and use your curiosity. I, in the book, I outline six categories of questions that, that are very useful questions that help you reach that point of understanding of the buyer. And I draw this, this idea that there's a gap between the way that most sellers do discovery. They do it as a collection of information but not as an exercise to understand what's really important to the buyer. So I ask my, my list of questions I've become accustomed to asking, whether it's scripted for me or I develop my own list of questions. I stop short of understanding. I know things, but what do I truly understand about what's most important to the buyer? And the point you made before is when we reach that level of understanding, that's huge value to the buyer. The buyer says, I mean, I have the story in the book about deal I one where I thought I had no business winning it and it's quite a large deal, multiple millions of dollars. And the, the buyer said, well, you were the only one that made me feel understood. Like, wow. Right. Yeah. So that is value to somebody to make them understood. And, and the understanding and then extends to this idea of, of empathy is, is I think, cause I think we use empathy sort of in the wrong, wrong manner. Oftentimes we talk about sales. We talk about putting ourselves in someone's shoes which is okay, but the really valuable form of empathy is what they call cognitive empathy, which is, I don't understand how you feel. I understand why you feel the way you do. And when I take it to the level of understanding why you feel the way you do, then I can present a solution, right? If I just know you feel a certain way, I can't really help you because I don't know what the root cause is in the context. Well, I understand why you feel the way to do, then I can help you. And so then moves to the fourth pillar is generosity is how do I give? How do I give in an intentional way to be able to enable the buyer to achieve what's most important to them? And do you feel like generosity is misunderstood too? Like I feel like yes. it's, well, well, what am I supposed to give away? This is worth paying for, so I'm not going to give any of it away. Why would I be generous in that regard? Or, um, well, if I'm supposed to be generous, then why don't I just discount by 20% to make this deal happen today? Then everybody's happy, right? And it's like all of those ways are really unfulfilling. I mean, how do you, how do you know what's generous and what's just foolish? <laughs> well, I, I built on some work Adam Grant talks about in his book, Give and Take, about, you know, defines these really four distinct personality types or uh, archetypes, if you will. There's givers, takers, and matchers. But when he stack ranks in the book, when he talks about, they look at the research at stack rank people that are most effective or productive, uh, at the bottom of the, the list is givers. And there's a lot of people in the sales world that think, yeah, you know, Giving's not great. If you're a giver, all you're doing is giving, 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 unrestrained giving, and and because you really don't know how to, you know, fashion a valuable, you know, value proposition for your product or present, and so you're throwing stuff on the wall, hope something sticks. Um, next up from the bottom are takers, 
So that's sort of the traditional self-centered seller. Next up are matchers. It's sort of match how much they give and take. But at the top of the list again was givers. And I use the phrase, and I think I'm not sure Grant expresses it quite the same way, is giver with an agenda, which is I'm here to help you succeed. And if I help you succeed, I'm going to succeed as well. And it's okay to, to be upfront with that that agenda with the buyer, because one of the key ways to things, uh, elements of building trust is being transparent about your motivations. So I paraphrase Zig Ziglar in the book about you know, his expression. If you can help enough people get in life, what they want, then you get what you want. So that's becomes the basis of generosity, which is, yeah, I want to do whatever I can do to help you achieve what's most important to you. And if I do that, I also achieve what's important to me. It, it, it's so interesting too, because, you know, people have told me, Jeff, you, you give so much stuff away and well, yeah, I mean, I put a lot of content, a lot of ideas in a lot of places and I hope people use them, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have a good idea for you, Andy, it does not help me to hold on to it. it, <laughs> no. it and it's, it's a waste and, and Hey, maybe you won't think it's a good idea, but at least, you know, I'm thinking of you and Hey, use this. Cause it's certainly, it's a good idea for you, not a good idea for me. And so of course I'm going to put those things out there right. and you know, and, and sometimes I will give some things away because look, I, I I need you to understand where I'm coming from and, mm-hmm. and that I that I can help. But I also don't feel as if there's an end. There's no bottom to this well. Like the, the idea no, is come. Exactly. That's that's who I am. <laughs> it's what I do. So it's right. like, what am I holding on to this for? Um, and I, But I love the giver with an agenda in, in, in that, look, I'm not just giving everything away because that's just what I do. It's, I really believe there's a purpose behind this. And I think we can both win. If nothing else, I know I'm satisfied that I've helped you accomplish something you didn't see before. That makes me feel good. And hopefully it helps you right. do more of what you want. Yeah. Well, the distinction, the distinction I draw in the book is about being intentional about it is, is with anything that you do in life and in sales, you should be intentional about it. But excuse me, is, is being intentional about how you provide value to the buyer, right? Is so, yeah, I sort of pose the question to managers as well as individual contributors is look at every opportunity, qualified opportunity you have in your pipeline and say, what value do they need from me at this point in time to make progress toward making a decision? And you have to consciously know that about every qualified opportunity you're working on. If you don't know, then for heaven bid, don't, don't reach out, don't take their time, don't consume any of their time and attention. You're not, you're not ready to do it. And this is the common failing in sales, right? We just we assume that that the buyer is willingly investing time and attention. Now they they want to earn a return on that time and attention that they invested in you. So you have to be very deliberate, very intentional about providing value. So we talk about how to create these little micro value plans that say, yeah, my next interaction with the buyer, email, voicemail, whatever way I'm going to, you know, video call, in-person call, as a result of that interaction, as a result of their investment, time, and attention, are they going to be closer to making a decision than they were beforehand? And if the answer is no, why'd you do it? Right. You clearly don't understand them at that point because you're unable to provide them the value they need to make progress. So you need to go back and say, okay, I need to sort of redeploy my curiosity and let's look at the type of questions that I could ask that help me surface 
again, what might be most important to them or to get to this level of understanding that I need to be at to help them. Oh, that's that's so good. I again, I'm going to go back as we kind of uh, end our our time here together today. I, I just the concepts, the overarching umbrella type concepts, as I call them, that I think so many people miss. We're as salespeople, we're wired to deliver results, and the fastest way to results feel like tactics and processes and systems, and those are important too. But they have to make they they have to check all the boxes of these larger concepts, and mm-hmm. creating an understanding is different than. Collecting information. I love the way you put that. I, I, I want to read this from the author's note because I think it's such a, a valuable thesis. Perhaps most importantly, this book is about learning how to experience the energy, impact, and fulfillment that come from being the best version of yourself in any sales situation. How do you read that and not feel good about what you're going to read in the rest of the book. Like it just, <laughs> is, it's just such a, a beautiful thesis and no, not just because it's on like the fourth page of the book. I read through a lot more of it than that before yeah. we got together here and I'm going to read the rest of it, but it just, it's um, I just, I think that is something that is going to resonate with a lot of, with a lot of sales uh, people out there who are in a changing environment, they don't want to be salesy. I still run into people who are like, I can't do sales. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a terrible thing. No, it's every, every day the, I hear from people on LinkedIn uh, about that. It is one of the most noble things you can ever do is to professionally solve problems with information that you can bring that other people desperately need. Uh, exactly. Well, it doesn't get much better than that. Andy, thanks yeah. for the work you do. Thanks for being hey, here Jeff, today. Thank you. Um, where would you like people to go? I know that you have a little quiz on your website. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. yeah, if you go to andypaul.com, we've got a quick little, fun little assessment that says, cool. yeah, how salesy are you? Um, and you can read a free chapter of the book there, or you can download a free chapter of the book from, from andypaul.com. And yeah, you can order the book wherever they sell books. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I took the assessment. I was a little chapped. Apparently, I'm level one. I'm level one salesy. I, I, I thought for sure. Um, but uh, so, hey, we've all got learning to do for sure. Yeah. Well, that made my day when I saw you. No, that was very funny. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. All right. So what do you think? That was fun, right? You know, I love having conversations with people like Andy because you can really dive deep into concepts and pick things apart. And when, I don't know if you're like me at all, when, when I can pick things apart and understand how they work, I can be a lot more effective with those tools. Um, so that's really what I'm hoping to do with this show and, and certainly what I hope I've done for you with this conversation. I'd like to thank Andy Paul for being here today. You can find him at andypaul.com or on LinkedIn. And really, go check out that book. You know, if you go to andypaul.com, he's got a little quiz there for you to take. And you can kind of judge yourself on how much you sell out versus how much you sell in. And um, it's it's really a fun way to get exposed to the concepts in the book. And I urge you to do that. Um, I also want to thank you. Thanks for listening. Look, there are a lot of podcasts out there, and um, only so many of them are sales-related podcasts, and that list is growing seemingly by the day. So I really appreciate you spending this time with me, and I look forward to sharing this time with you again very soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.